Hey, welcome to the podcast today. I'm so glad you can be here with us today. I have my good friend Hank Smith here, and we're going to discuss some of the questions that you have submitted wanting our advice. So I want you to sit back and listen and join us in this conversation that we're having about dating. So, Hank, a couple of questions were asked. Is it okay to kiss more than one person at a time? And I don't mean right in the moment, but <laughs> if, yeah, that's impossible. But hey. is it okay to kiss more than one person at a time? What do you think? Um, so, first of all, before, before we start, I just have to tell everyone who's listening how lucky they are, first of all, to be listening to this uh, because— uh, Dr. Hill, uh, who I know is Tammy, but Dr. Uh, Hill is just phenomenal. The students at BYU, uh, and she's taught thousands of them, uh, just rave about her. So, so keep keep tuning in, uh, keep tuning into this. And I, uh, if you didn't listen to our previous um, Instagram video together, uh, we have known each other since the 1900s. I mean, it has been a long <laughs> time. A long time. And Tammy, you are timeless. It's just not fair. Like you sound the same, you look the same. I am not. I'm. I'm convinced you have some sort of. <laughs> Some sort of youth potion or something, Tammy. Yeah, uh, that's me. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I remember. You're just so sweet. Hey? Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, you were a mentor to me uh, way back when, and you still are. Okay, and so I still let's. Love, yeah. Oh, you're so nice. You knew me when I wasn't lovable. That's. Um, <laughs> so let's talk uh, about kissing. You know, um, it. I, <laughs> I. I. One thing I hate to do is sound like my parents. I, I, I still just like, oh no, I've turned in my parents. I open my mouth and my parents come out. Uh, <laughs> but um, I can see now the wisdom that they had when they told me to, to you know, be careful with, with kisses, right? Um, th- this idea of a kissing count, you'll come to regret that. Uh, you mm-hmm. might not regret it now. You might not think, oh, I'm you know, no big deal, whatever. You will come to regret that. And, and that's because... When you finally, when you finally meet your spouse, when you finally find the person you want to be with forever, um, there's a sense of, and again, it's not going to. I, I don't think kissing, you know, kissing other people is going to ruin your marriage. I'm not saying that by any means, but there's going to be a. There's going to be a sense of, I want to share me with you that I've never shared with anyone else mm-hmm. or that I've shared rarely, you know, with, mm-hmm. with, with someone else. And so, um, uh, you're going to have a lot more wisdom on this, Tammy, but I would say, and I think I learned this from you, that the kiss should reflect the commitment. Right. Is that, is that? Yeah, I think the kisses should mean how rich is the friendship or how well are we emotionally connected yeah. to one another yeah it symbolizes something and i think i've, I've said this before um, and i'll say it again is that um, we don't use people so the moment kissing becomes using someone as an object right we use objects i use a hammer and a wrench and i don't worry about how they feel uh i don't mm-hmm. worry about them i, I toss them around mm-hmm. my garage because they're objects People are not objects. And sometimes when it comes to sexuality, especially when we're young, we start to use people as objects. Pornography has taught that. People are objects. Use them the way you want them to be used and then, you know, toss them aside, just like a a hammer or a wrench. But people are not objects. So for me, when I think about kissing, 
you've, I think you've gone over a line when you're starting to use someone as an object. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I like that idea of objectifying the person you're with. I um, really believe that if you want to become more confused than you already are, I go ahead and kiss more than one person at a time and develop multiple relationships that also <laughs> include physical touch. It doesn't, our bodies, our brains are not wired to be able to respond that way without becoming confused and fragmented, actually. so I love that. So if your goal is to become confused and uh, tormented, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> If that's exactly. your end goal. <laughs> just like that's what we need the most right now. <laughs> so Yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally with you, Tammy. I just think um, this is one of those things that, again, I'm going to sound like my father, but trust those who are ahead of you down the road. Saying, mm, I, I like that. Because right now, you you might not be able to see. You might go, kissing is fun. I'm going to kiss a lot of people, right? Because she's attractive, I'll kiss her. She's attractive, I'll kiss her. Um, but trust those of, you, those of us who are down the road a little bit and say, ooh, put the brakes on that. Put the brakes mm-hmm. on that a little bit um, because you're going to end up regretting it. Right. Thank you. I appreciate your wisdom. So what do you think about dating someone who says they have a testimony of the gospel and yet the way they live— doesn't really represent what they say they believe. I've had students before um, talk to me about relationships they've been in where they've been with someone who, you know, they thought was something different than they actually were Mm. as they got to know them better. There were lots of um, word of wisdom issues, uh, especially. And so what do you think about that? Dating someone, is it okay to go ahead and date someone who has really different is living the commandments differently than you are? Well, I think this uh, is at least, this question is at least one of the reasons um, we shouldn't rush relationships Mm -hmm. uh, because we can get to know people better. Uh, I know that there are people who said, you know what, we we knew each other, we knew it was right, we were engaged a week later and married two months later. And and I'm grateful those those stories work out, right? I'm 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 happy those stories work out. But I'm one who says, no, time is your friend. Uh, and it's good to take time to get to know people uh, over time. Especially when when we're young. Now there is a Tammy, I would say there's a balance here that you have to find uh, the tension between the two because there's two principles that are at work. One is uh, one is you know finding the best possible mate uh, that you possibly mm-hmm. can right to raise children mm-hmm. with and and have a life with. So, um, but yet at the same time we need to allow people. Uh, there, there's a tension pulling the other way, which is allowing people imperfections because you're, there's no one perfect out there. There's no one who is, you know, free from from sin uh, besides the Savior. So, um, for me, the tension um, you you can feel that tension. I think, and if you are feeling like like this isn't you know you're feeling inside like this isn't working this is not okay then i think one side is overpowering the other uh so if you're if you're saying wow this this person really as i've gotten to know them they they do not keep the word of wisdom like i thought they did that feels to me like okay this idea of allowing people to be imperfect is kind of pulling too hard to this one side and now you're saying this could this could be a future problem Right. This could this could jeopardize our relationship. Absolutely. This could jeopardize how we raise our kids. Um, so, uh, I think boundaries are obviously important. If you're saying, "Listen, this specific 
commandment, whatever it is, is really important to me, to the church, to the gospel, to, to the Lord, then this is a boundary for me. And so I, I think making that clear to that person instead of just ghosting them, like, uh, you know, making that clear. like Absolutely, yes. Because someone might not be raised thinking that the word of wisdom is absolutely critical, right? Mm-hmm. To, to mm-hmm. living the gospel. They might even believe they're living the gospel, yet break the word of wisdom. And so you being clear and kind with that boundary and then seeing how they respond to that, I think is, uh, is pretty important. I really like what you're saying. I, I kind of go with what you're feeling too in your heart. If you are um, with someone and you're not feeling like you're being true to who you want to be, or you're not really living your why in that moment, that's a, that's a signal that this probably isn't right now anyway. This isn't a relationship that you want to pursue until things change or maybe step back and, and meet new people. But I think trust the, the gut, trust the spirit um, in guiding you when you feel uncomfortable, there's a message there that is being sent loud and clear. Absolutely. You should not, I, I've, I've tried to tell this to my students at BYU over and over that marriage is scary, but you you should be excited about marrying this Absolutely. person. Yes. <laughs> this should be something yes. that you're excited about and not and not kind of dragging your feet completely like, oh no, I really don't think I should do this. So I, I like what you're saying. That inner that inner feeling of, no, this is not okay. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's an important feeling that we need to learn to trust our intuition, the spirit, um, all of those things kind of combine our emotions into saying, okay, there's some direction here. Uh, and I... I I'm a big fan of having high standards. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, if my daughter came to me and said, listen, I've known this boy six months, we're dating, I really like him, uh, but he does, he does, he smokes marijuana, um, you know, on the side or he drinks alcohol. I'd say, you've got to make that clear to him that that's not okay. And let's see how he responds. If he Mm -hmm. responds with, oh, okay, I didn't know. I can, that's not an important part of my life. I can you know, and then we'll, and then I also like time and trends, Tammy. I like right. which way are we trending over time? Uh, Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. As you observe your relationship over time, where is it going? Are you being inspired by this person to be a better version of yourself? Or is this person kind of like dragging you down a little? Yep. But I know we want to love everyone. I don't want this to come across judgmental. However, I think your choice in who to marry is the most important choice in mortality other than the choice of becoming truly converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I don't want you to mess around with this important choice. Absolutely. This is, um, and we don't ever want to teach selfishness, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But we can, I, instead of saying it's okay to be selfish when it comes to marriage, I would say it's okay to, uh, it's okay to have high standards. Mm-hmm. It's okay like to, you know, to say, oh, I, you know, this is, these things are important to me, not because I'm, I myself am super righteous, but because I, you know, I want the best for children. I want the best for a family right? Um, as we move I forward. I agree. I agree. So, Hank, a question that I get all the time is, hey, where's the line? Um, when it comes to discussing chastity, and I'm not going to get into the whole law of chastity right here. That's a whole lecture another day. But I, I get this question of where's the line? And I'll tell you a little bit about what I say about it. Then I'd love to get your ideas too. Um, when 
I think it's really important for you to recognize when you're becoming sexually aroused. This is an important thing for parents to help their children understand. If your parents didn't help you understand this, it's truly important for you to come under to is for you to be able to read what's happening physiologically to you when you're with someone, when you're kissing and holding each other close. When you become sexually aroused before marriage and you don't want to stop doing whatever it is you're doing, to me, that's the line. That's where you back up and say, hey, you know, I'm getting a little um, too excited right now. Let's choose to do something else. Um, I'll have students say to me, but how can I tell that to the person I'm with? I That's embarrassing. And I really think if you are uncomfortable talking about what it is you're doing, you certainly should not be doing what it is you're doing. That is such um, a great line. Oh, I'm going to use that. If you're uncomfortable talking about it, why are you doing it? <laughs> I love right. that. Right. So add in here, Hank, any of your wisdom um, regarding the line and chastity. Yeah, I think one, we can we can step away from shame. Um, so often we, we attach shame to this in a way that we think we're protecting people, right? Like right. Uh, the, we're they should be ashamed of, of, of these feelings or what they're doing. No, these feelings, totally normal, uh, totally healthy. Um, it's what we're after here is the idea of moral discipline, right? Um, and this is something that the Savior had in his life. He had absolute discipline. In fact, the word disciple and the word discipline come from the same root word. You can hear it, disciple and discipline. So those of us who are disciples of Christ, we must also seek to be as disciplined as he was uh, and he is in his life, right? So as I read the scriptures, I notice that the Savior uh, had a power to feed people. Um, you know, when they were hungry, he had power to feed people. But not once have I read in the in his life where he used that power to feed himself. And I'm sure he wanted to. He had a body. I'm sure he mm-hmm. thought I could make some wonderful food right now. But he had moral discipline to say this power is not for me, right? Um, right. Uh, also, this power he had to uh, not die. Can you imagine what? I, you know what you'd be tempted to do if you couldn't die, right? <laughs> you could, you could <laughs> jump off the, the pinnacle of the temple and everyone would follow you. Um, you would be a magician, right? But he doesn't right. use that power for him. He has moral discipline. And so for me, this, this is a bigger question of moral discipline. Does this person that I am with, that I'm dating, have discipline? in their life. Not that they don't want to do this or that they're ashamed of it, but that yes, they want to do this. Yes, it is a temptation, but their moral discipline can over overpower that. Uh, and like you said, uh, moral discipline is a lot about being aware and mm-hmm. being mindful of how you're feeling right now and saying, okay, I've got to put the brakes on this. Uh, because you know, I know that if I continue down this slope, it's only going to get steeper. Uh, and more difficult to back up. So, right. uh, so for me, part of moral discipline is not just being able to stop in the moment, but being av- av- being being able to avoid the moment altogether. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I remember James Faust. Uh, if, if your listeners remember that name, um, he used to say that he knew a man who every time he would go into a hotel, he would ask the hotel to remove the television, just grab it and take it out. Right. Uh, and they would always do it. 
um, and they said some people, he said, some people would call that weakness. He said, but I call that strength. Hmm. Uh, because he was saying, no, I have moral discipline. I, I want to avoid the moment mm-hmm. of temptation. I like that. So if you recognize that there's in your relationship, there are certain times of the day or certain locations where you kiss more or maybe uh, feel like maybe there's a temptation in that time or in that place, that's a good idea to step back and maybe not get together at that time or in that place. Yeah, and there's and moral discipline, Tammy, isn't just something you need when in regard to sexuality. This is going to affect your whole life. Right. This is a skill you absolutely have to have throughout your entire life, and you're going to want a spouse who is mm-hmm. who has the discipline like the Savior. Now, again, these things are normal and they're fun and they're a great part of marriage. Uh, but we should um, we should recognize that timing is pretty crucial to the Lord. Um, and uh, that we need to be able to uh, kind of accept the Lord's timing on this, trust His timing on this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's just, you know, it's often like my kids when uh, they want to do something really fun, and I'm saying, no, we have to, we have to work before we, before we mm-hmm. go have fun. We have to work before. It's a timing issue. They're both great. Working right. and having fun are both great, but it's a timing issue. I've often said, Tammy, you'll you'll probably like this, um, that both orange juice and brushing your teeth are good things, but if you get them in the wrong order, you're oh, gonna like have that. you're gonna have a bad experience, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's a great great analogy. I love that. Thing. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you for your thoughts. I know that when I'm teaching marriage prep over on campus, I really try to help the students. Um, recognize a found, different foundation principles to build a relationship on. And the very first one is discipleship. So I appreciate you bringing yeah. in the idea of discipleship. So I guess one more quick question um, while we're here today. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts for um, red flags, like how do you recognize red flags? What are red flags? Um what do you think? Um, I like this. You know, it always just breaks my heart when you see on the news what probably started out as a wonderful romantic relationship ended up with, uh, you know, uh, oftentimes the husband or, you know, but the spouse uh, having a completely duplicitous life, right? Right. Um, where mm-hmm. they were hiding not just, um, not just, you know, small little tendencies, but they're hiding psychopathic tendencies and, and right. things that are just awful. And, and of course, that's an extreme example, but uh, between, between healthy and that, you know, that extreme, there's going to be situations that, uh, that are heartbreaking where someone says, well, I, now I made, I'm in an eternal covenant relationship and this is not the person I thought. Right. I, I right. Was, this is not the person I thought I was marrying. So, for me, we can avoid those situations. I remember, um, I remember Elder Oaks once said, "The best way to avoid divorce from a selfish, terrible person is to avoid marriage to a right. <laughs> selfish, right. terrible that. person." <laughs> so, we um, I, again, I think uh, I'm going to come back to that. Time is our friend, um, and that if we can slow down somewhat, 
we can. And, and someone might say, well, my parents only knew each other three weeks and they're doing great. And I'm grateful that they're doing great. I think times have changed a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And we that time is our friend to kind of see how things see how things play out, um, and then it's it's very difficult to do, I admit, but to have trusted individuals who can see things you can't see, yes. Um, and when they when those trusted individuals are speaking in uni, unanimity, right? So it's not just my mom who's saying I something's wrong. It's my mom. It's my dad. It's also my roommate. It's -hmm. also my, you know, when I explain the situation to a, you know, a close friend um, or anybody else, a a church leader or just a mentor, they're all going, huh, there's a, there's a pause about that. And so uh, I think uh, that when that happens, it's so hard to do (laughs) because we, we just don't want to see those things. Right. And we don't, I don't want to see what everyone else is seeing. Uh, It's very difficult, much like in anything we've talked about today to get out of the moment and say, okay, let me step back and see what these people are seeing Mm -hmm. further down the road. Right. A lot of times in uh, dating situations, uh, for instance, you really love the idea that your boyfriend is really spontaneous and all of a sudden you're off on a fun date and enjoying yourself. But that spontaneity isn't quite as fun when you're married and this boyfriend and now husband can't keep a job. Um, So (laughs) the things that you observe, keep your eyes open. Abraham Lincoln um, once said, I love this, is before marriage, keep your eyes wide open. After marriage, keep them half shut. And um, I think you, we do need to keep our eyes open. This is a big, powerful decision that not only impacts you, it impacts your family, your friends, but mostly it impacts your future children. I remember one of my students came to me once and um, we were talking about uh, her boyfriend that she had. And my goodness, there was, there. <laughs> have you ever had this time where you're going, this is not good? Right. right. This is not good. Yes. Uh, but I, how do I tell this person? Right. How mm-hmm. do I tell this person this is not good without, I mean, because I'm, I, if I attack the person they love, of course they're going to go to into defense mode. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember, um, I wasn't, I wasn't going to give her this counsel, uh, as her professor, uh, and friend until she asked for it. Um, I just wasn't going to throw it at her because I knew it wouldn't be received well if I just, through that, it would be different, right? If it was my daughter or uh, uh, someone I had stewardship over, but this was just a close friend. So to me, it's you've got to ask. You've got mm-hmm. to ask. You've got the, the most. Some of the most polite people won't say anything um, unless they're you know feeling like I have to. She's going into a dangerous, terrible situation. Uh, but I just thought, ooh, this is. I've seen this story before, and it yes. doesn't end well. Um, yes. And now she ended up, it was a choice between, she She said, I don't know what I want to do. I feel like she, she told me both of her parents weren't supportive of this relationship. Um, her good friend wasn't supportive of this relationship. She said, what do I do? And anyway, um, she ended up uh, kind of stepping back from the relationship and decided to go on a mission. Uh, that wasn't the choice, marriage or mission. It was just, right. you know, she just stepped took a step back and then decided, you know what, it'd be good for me to go on a mission. Um, She came home off her mission and um, is now married to a different guy. And I I remember talking to her. I said, how do you feel about, you know, that 
that old situation. And she is just, Brother Smith, (laughs) I was so close to ruining my entire life. And I was like, I know, I know, I was going to tell you. And she said, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to interfere. So um, this has got to be something that you, that you seek out, I think. Um, I I love that idea. Ask the people that you trust who are people that have been in your life and really know you, what are their thoughts about this person in this relationship? Because they don't have the chemicals, right, going on. Right. They don't have the chemicals going in the brain. Yeah. And we're wired when we're, that's the the way we're wired is to feel all of that real strong um, infatuation and those real powerful feelings of love for the first little while to help move us into marriage. Um but when you're in the midst of all of that, it's sometimes very hard to see clearly. Yeah, very low clarity. Yep. <laughs> High chemical, low clarity. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, Hank, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I appreciate you. You got it. I, I love coming and I'll come back anytime. Thank you. Now, my listeners, I hope that you'll remember who you are. Think about your why and go out and live your why. <laughs>